This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Welcome to a Real Man Wood podcast. This is Chris Liss, your host. I'm joined by my co-host, Dalton Del Don of Yahoo Sports. What's going on, dude? I just recorded a podcast earlier today, then was on an hour-long conference call. And actually, we just recently recorded our podcast. Normally, we have a longer stretch in between. So in other words, what I'm trying to say, expect an, an even worse effort than, than usual. How about yourself, Liz? What's up? Yeah, in your case, it's a low bar to clear. So I'm going to say you're going to do better than last week. I, I got a couple things. So Jeff and I were talking about this on the radio, and on Twitter, it started to take off a little bit. We, we were asking, what sport... What professional sport would you be the most exposed at if you had to fill in for a professional? So, you know, we were watching soccer, World Cup. You know, if you were on the field there, you know, for maybe a minute or two, you know, it might take a couple minutes before the announcers were like, what is that guy doing? What is number six doing over there? Like, what is he even doing? You know, what right. sport would it be the most obvious right away that you were way, way out of your league? I never thought of abstract sports in this way, but I have had this debate with friends before with the main three sports of which one would we not be the most of a joke in. And I said, um, even though baseball seemed like the obvious one because you could just hide in the outfield and you only come to the plate once, you know, you just don't swing or whatever. But I'm really bad in softball, embarrassing on fly balls. And, and ironically, I, I'm, in real life, I'm definitely best at basketball of these sports, but I'd be terrible, I think, in real life. Whereas football, why couldn't you just play wide receiver, line up wide? You wouldn't have to play defense. And yes, it, you'd think that I would get destroyed, but I, I'm confident I could run an eight-yard curl, catch the ball, and fall down. I'm confident. And then you couldn't leave me alone. So I think I would – sorry to flip what you said there. I, I think I'd be weirdly feel the safest as, as the, as the most – I wouldn't detriment to the team playing football, but basketball, as far as the main ones, I think I'd be horrible and it'd affect the point spread the most. But I didn't think well, of things like soccer. First What'd off, you, you, wouldn't, you wouldn't get off the line of scrimmage. If the cornerback okay, would just but, muscle you. Sure. Okay. But that would require a, that would require a cornerback to be over there to do that, and then it would just still be, you know. Right. That's true. It wouldn't hurt the team that badly. Right. But um, and if they did leave you wide open, you could catch an eight-yard curl. That's what I'm saying, and then fall down and cry. But what if I said you're not playing wide receiver actually today? I'm coach because I'd be coaching the team. You're playing left tackle, and don't fuck it, it up. That might be the worst. Yeah, that might be the worst. Okay, now you're talking. That'd be the worst for it. Yeah. Right. So you're not left tackle. Like how brutal that would be, and how exposed you would get. That would be the worst. I think I can't think of anything worse other than you say like I mean a prize fight or something. Put me in the okay. middle of a fight. So, like, so Jeff was saying MMA or boxing would be right. the worst for him. Sure. But I don't course. think you're really opening your mind because I mean think about the downhill ski jump. In the Olympics. <laughs> oh, yeah. I guess you are risking your life more. Yeah, that's a good call. Give me MMA all day or boxing over the downhill ski jump. You know how high they go in the air and how fast they're going? They're going Dude, it feels like they're in the air like for like a minute. Air. Yeah, it feels like they're in the air for like a minute. Yeah. So, okay, that's a good call. I would have never thought of that, and I agree with you. Real man starts boozing on a Friday night, and he comes to on a Sunday, and all he knows is he's going down that hill on that ski jump. He doesn't know how he got there. doesn't know how he... Uh, Wormed his way into the uh, professional competition, but he 
That's what he, you know, and he's got no problem with it. That would be a brutal one. But I want to hear what you have to say as far as confidence, though. Like, really, though. Well, what, 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 I, the, the one I said initially with it would be the hardest is tennis. I mean, you're sitting out there one-on-one, and it's like the moment. It's your serve. <laughs> it's time for you to serve against the pro. Like, you're, <laughs> you're getting these bullshit serves into the net. You know, like, I mean, I'm just thinking how yeah, fast no, would it be before the announcer was I've, I've tried to return a serve before of someone who's not even that good at tennis, a 4.0, 3.5 rating, however they do, whatever. And it's ridiculous to spin. I look silly. So I could only imagine a pro. No, so I I'm, hear I'm saying the, literally it would be less than the, uh, one full point before the announcers were like, right. what is wrong with this guy? What is he doing out there? You know, I'm saying like that's you sort could of hide my in a soccer, soccer field. You're saying you could hide a little. Yeah. Or like boxing, someone your weight, you know, you throw a couple punches. I mean, <laughs> you get clogged. But uh, I would throw some punches. I'd go, you know, boxing, I, I'd go in. I go out swinging, you know, because you you could at least throw some punches. I mean, you get you'd get you would not hit the guy, and the guy would pop right. you really hard. But right. at least it's you your weight, and it's your fit. It's not like you know, it would be pretty quick before they noticed that the wrong guy was in the ring. But right, you know, MMA, same thing. I mean, it'd be bad. But I'm I'm going with downhill skiing or pole vaulting right. or something something like if you start including Olympic sports, it becomes extremely obvious. I want to hear your answer, though, flipping it, though, of the three major ones. Which one do you personally think that you would not affect the, the point spread or the money line? Well, again, which would you like, affect I, the least? I, I agree with you. Like, wide receiver, you just stand out wide. I mean, running back would be pretty bad because you probably fumble. But, I mean, they hand like, you the ball, and there's a little bit of a hole. You could probably get two yards. It's not like you're going to run the wrong direction. You know, I mean, you're going to get the ball, and you're gonna, it's going to hurt when you get hit. But, fumble. fumble, but yeah. yeah you, and you might fumble. But right. um, especially if they knew it was you, they would really be going to strip the ball. But you would choose playing, say, uh, say wide receiver than, say, oh, wide receiver. I mean, What about, not, say, versus outfield or 25 minutes in an I, NBA? I think, I think outfield you could also do. I mean, look, if the, I used to play outfield in softball, and I would run down fly balls and stuff. I mean, if the balls hit, like, in, you know, reasonably to you, I mean, it's going to be very high up. You're going you're right. to have a real adjustment seeing a ball that's hit that high. But... I think you could get that skill down pretty quick. Anything that like caused you to run like a long way, you'd be exposed. Like the worst outfielder is better than we are. Like the absolute like awesome. least rain, the Mark Trumbos of the world, you know, would still be much better. But and then just don't. I mean, you could try to swing, I guess. But I mean, whatever you would. I mean, like, like a baseball team on any given day could put you in left field and still win the game. You go for four four strikeouts. You make a couple so, putouts. You 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 don't get to a couple balls that someone else would have got to, and one goes over your head. It's a it's a home run instead of a, a double. Maybe. So, what do you think playing nine innings in left field be equivalent to? How many uh, minutes of an NBA game? I'm curious what that would be. Like five. Like five. I, mean, <laughs> I mean, like honestly, they could put you in. You could do that much damage. If in the five Warriors minutes. are up like thirty, you know, they put you in the last few minutes, and like, yeah, the other team scores like outscores them by twenty over that. Yeah. Yeah, no, <laughs> you're probably first of all, they're just gonna let you shoot. I mean, whatever. I'll, I could drain an open, you know, a short, you know, a mid-range jumper or whatever if I had well, to. That'd be great if, if we last 24 seconds, 23 seconds. That'd be a win. Yeah, we could stay away from the turnovers to last that long. But yeah, no, you would turn it over. But I mean, they would just stop guarding you and just guard five on four. Everybody okay. who could actually. That's what I'm saying. So if we could last that long. Yeah. Okay. About five minutes sounds about right. Anyway. Fun to All right, about, I like that. I like that hypothetical. So, uh, well, the main thing I've talked about is we're coming up to a Vegas trip, man. Are, are you excited? I'm leaving uh, Saturday. Um, we got the Stopa auction. What's it called? The uh, Shining Armor. I'm pretty. I'm pretty pumped for this. Uh, could be crazy. I heard that like Evans might come in late, and if that happens, obviously we got to go to the RotoWire party. So people might be boozing. Might not even start this till late. It's possible. I, I don't know. Hopefully, it doesn't come to that. Although that could be funny. But 
Are you fired up for this? What's up? Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm excited for it. He's got to find a new name. Shining Armor. I mean, come on, man. That shit, that's not, that's not going to fly. That's way too corny. That's just fucking corny. He's got to come up with something that's catchy yet not like embarrassingly corny. I, I'm not, you know, I'm not trying to be a dick. I'm just trying to, I, I, I'm agree with this concept. I think he's done great work keeping people in their homes. I think he's fighting the good fight and um, seems like his next endeavor. Hopefully it's also going to be helpful to people and I trust that it will be, but Come on, man. You can't say shining armor. That shit is fucking after school special shit, dude. You got you to get a better name. I, I'll you, talk to him about it when we get there. All right. I was going to say, you got to let him know. You got to come up with one. Real man's not going to be promoting shining armor. Shining armor. <laughs> You're our knight in shining armor, Mark. It's not going to work, dude. You got you to come up with something that's a little more, a little less nutless monkey, in my all opinion. Right. Yeah, yeah. Definitely. Tell the guy who's fronting the money for the league. That has a I, that's a real man tells the truth. You know? I mean, okay. I'm helping him out. This is a service to him. That is true. All right. you know, okay. I'm not yeah. going to sit there and monkey it up you know, for him. I'm not going to do it. We got former NFL player Tank Williams in this auction. It's, a, you know, it's kind of a super – it is a super flex. It's an auction. So I thought he would choose NFL for the, the least embarrassing for him. Brad, Brad, Brad Evans is going to try to do this on Periscope, so that should be pretty funny, or Facebook Live. So it should be uh, – I don't know. I'm pretty, I'm pretty excited for it. It should be fun. Do you have a strategy uh, that you want to reveal, of course, right now? Yeah, I'm going to buy a few expensive players early on, and I'm just going to go aggressive on a few. I don't know which ones. I haven't really thought it through, like, which ones yeah. I'll buy. I'll probably get two quarterbacks that are rock solid, have the job, beyond question. I'd probably try to bid on a third. That's, that's my strategy mostly. What about you? Yeah, uh, I'm definitely going to probably not spread it out. I'm going to dr- get a couple couple stars for sure. I've, I haven't quite figured it out, but um, I'm in the middle of the fishbowl draft right now, so it's tough for me to think of which. Uh, but that is also a super flex aspect. So, so that's been fun. I heard that you you were too big time for that, but uh, that's been fun to – I'm too big time, yeah. I'm, I'm the only, only one in the industry who's not in it. But yeah. it's, it's yeah, funny It's Barry, funny because I, I, don't, I don't get it. I don't get it like – I don't know how many leagues you're in, but – People are like, yeah, I'm in 15 leagues. Like, that's not even fun for me. Like, the, the amount that I'm in is already pushing it. Dude, I, I've got a job, you know, I've got a kid. And actually, the truth is, I do have time for more stuff. I mean, I still have six leagues or seven leagues, and I, like, I've been reading these books. I got a, a book recommendation for you. Um, I, you know, I, I've been trying to learn about life. I don't want to sit there all, all day long fucking just setting fantasy lineups and doing fab pickups. I mean, how much can you do? You know, you. I'm sure it's a fine league. I'm sure it's a fine league. I'm sure it's good. I'm in lots of good leagues. But first of all, give me the NFBC, which is NFFC because yeah, high stakes. And Greg just got us into the classic, the, the $1,500 entry one, which oh, nice. I used to do when I could go to Vegas, but I'll be in, back in Lisbon. But I'm going to do that one online now. So I'm, I'm excited about that. And so, I'm, of course, I'm going to make space for that. But I just can't be in that many leagues. That Justin Mason one for baseball, are you in that? Yeah. I yeah, I, yeah, I turned that down. I mean... I don't doubt that they're good leagues. It's just, you know, come on. You got, there's more to life than just fantasy lineups. Sure, sure. Now, having said that, you want to go over my draft so far? Okay, let's, let's talk about this piece of shit. It's a nice way to just talk about, really, just in general, some, some, some players. Uh, so I'll try to generalize. So I had a third pick, and it went uh, – so it's a, it's a two running back, three wide receiver, five flex, and one can be a quarterback. So essentially a two-quarterback league. Other slight wrinkles like tight ends or full PPR, the rest half, I believe. I probably even got that wrong. But anyway, it's key here because I'm curious because you just wrote the article with the two quarterbacks. So I actually really want you to, to – I'm curious of what you think and, and how it went. So I had the third pick. It went Le'Veon Bell and Gurley. And I actually honestly have a bad feeling about David Johnson for some reason. But I took I took him. I actually considered Camara there, and I could have even seen whatever Barkley. People love Elliott. Real man takes Barkley. I, yeah, Barkley, I almost did. Uh, people are all over Elliott. I see him going to high three. But I have actually a bad feeling about Johnson. But I took So I took him at three. Then coming back, 
So the only the quarterbacks that went were Rodgers and, and Russell Wilson. So I actually had my number one QB, Deshaun Watson, who I've admitted before. I'm not sure I'd rank him number one in a two QB format. Yeah, I agree with that. Way better than one QB. Because you get I'm all the upside and very little risk. You have this floor built in. There's no floor in a two QB league. Yeah. The point of why I have a number one is if you're going to draft a quarterback that early, might as well do the guy who runs. You know, it's just the, the upside for fantasy is so different. So anyway, I actually didn't take, take a QB, and I went Michael Thomas. And then at the wheel, Michael Beller – um, Sports Illustrated. He write for Rotowire back in the day. Yeah, he did. Yeah, yeah, I thought so. Yeah, um, he took. I liked this. Uh, Tom Brady and Deshaun Watson. So that's a pretty sick in a two format. Uh, Le'Veon Bell, Brady, and Watson. But then coming back, the third one, I played total chicken and did not take a quarterback again, and took my guy Jarek McKinnon uh, third, and then fourth, coming all the way back. Dude, broke my heart. I may never recover, but Garoppolo went. So anyway, so four and five, I took Mahomes and Matt Ryan. So playing chicken. Yeah, that's fine. Yeah, I mean, what that's the think? right way to do it. Yeah, I think he did the right thing. I mean, yeah. again, the right thing was to take the QBs in the first two rounds, but no one else is doing that, so you, you don't want to do that. Yeah, all right. That's what I thought ultimately. Like, I could have looked horrible doing Thomas and McKinnon if a big uh, uh, you know, run went, but I felt like with Mahomes and, and Matt Ryan, it ended up being okay there. Then, uh, then the next two, six and seven, I went Derrick Henry and, and Juju in the seventh. Um, I want to ask you this, so just forget my draft. This running back tier, I'm going to name too many names for you to write down probably, but do you have a preference? Does any of these guys jump out like one doesn't belong or one should be in there? Between Howard, Drake, Geis, Derrick Henry, Mixon, Collins, Ajayi, you may even like Mark Ingram. And any of those I like Ingram. Out? I, I mean, full, full PPR? Sure. Yeah, happy. Yeah, okay. around there. I mean, so, so McCaffrey, I, so McCaffrey I'd even throw in there. But yeah, I, mean, I would take McCaffrey in full PPR for sure in that group. But yeah. I mean, high, probably highest, but yeah. I, I just don't like Derrick Henry in a full PPR. I just don't want him there. His upside is Jordan Howard. If he's as good as Jordan Howard, that would be the upside. I'd take Howard over Henry without a second thought. Yeah. And I don't even, you know, in full PPR, Howard has to be downgraded. Okay. There's other guys How, like Geis. Howard, Geises, was, gone. Howard was gone. I took Henry, and then, then it went Collins, Freeman, and Ajayi. Do you think I made a mistake taking Henry over those? Freeman? Yeah. Devonta Freeman? I don't know, Royce Freeman. Oh, I was like, Jesus Christ, that's Come crazy. On. Come on. No, I don't like Royce Freeman. Is that dude even going to get the job? He had like yeah, no, 13 more, catches more. last year in college. Yeah, no more, more Collins than Ajayi I considered, but what about them? Not Ajayi. They split it up so much, and Ajayi's not much Jesus, of a pass catcher. I know he had like no goal line carries last year. He didn't catch the ball a lot, but what if he becomes a feature back in his prime, Oof. a guy with sick uh, like underlying stats and a Super Bowl-winning team in that offense? Yeah. I'm going to regret if, taking What if? Field. Sure, what if? But I, mean, I looked at the ADPs, and I just gambled that Ajayi would come back, and it was dumb. I, I think he could be a monster. I agree. I might, I don't know. I might regret Henry. But I think, I think, they, I think they like to split it up. I think they like to... Darren Sproles is 35 years old. They yeah, don't have one. Corey I mean, Clement is there. I mean, they like to keep guys fresh. Yeah. Well, they'll be fresh leading league in scoring. I mean, there'll be a lot of opportunities. But, yeah, um, they might, we'll, but all right. we'll see. I'm, I'm not okay. big on him. So you're um, down on him. But I, mean, I, I think Kenyon Drake is the guy I'd probably take out of those guys. I mean, yeah. they, they just started. I love that Adam Gaze is like, oh, no, it's Frank Gore is the main competition. That's, you know, was it you who pointed that out? Or was yes. it Jeff Erickson that pointed that out? That, I did on the pod. Right. That basically every team has a bunch of guys there. And, of course, they're going to talk up Frank Gore because that's just the kind of ass-kissing that coaches do to veterans who are well-liked and respected. But that's who they're talking about as the main competition. I kind of like Drake. Yeah, okay. Well, just in reference, Howard went three rounds earlier. Uh, Mixon went two rounds earlier. Drake went around earlier. Sony Michelle went around earlier. So I, I, I'm fine with Henry, I guess, in that aspect. But Because I, I wouldn't even argue against What about Joe Mixon? That guy, I mean, 
he's an interesting case. Obviously, a horrible, you know, uh, offensive line situation. And was he even any good last year? But man, he's looking at just the job himself for sure. So I'm well, kind I mean, of Bernard is still there for catching passes. Yeah, sure. Sure. I, I kind of like Mixon. I mean, I like it's full PPR, so you got to have the possibility of catching passes. I mean, I like where did Marshawn Lynch go? I mean, I kind of like Marshawn Lynch as much as Derrick Henry. Yeah, um, Lynch is, is not gone yet. Okay, because to me, it's like you get Derrick Henry. What's the difference between him and Marshawn Lynch? Yeah, well, age for one. I mean, what the type, do you like? Do you think Deion Lewis is going to stay healthy? You could say about almost any running back is healthy I mean, now. Yes, that is true, but they're all not created equal. And that guy was always hurt before last year. Yeah, maybe. I mean. I don't know. I, I kind of think that Henry, I'm not sure he's a pass catcher. I'm not sure he's even good. Yeah. Do we even know that Derrick Henry's good? Like just he, a good usually, usually typically gets graded pretty well as far as a runner. Terrible pass catcher. Uh, that offense should you know get out of the prehistoric. Uh, and who knows if Mariota breaks out. We'll see. You could be right. I'm not going to totally be sold with, with him, but um, I think I'm a little bit higher on him than you are. And I think Lewis is definitely a, a big, big injury risk. Yeah, sure. All right, so uh, let's move on. Let's talk a little of baseball. I actually wanted to bring up my – I'm doing a stat of the week, it seems like, once a week. And this one I'm going to throw out that I heard you, I believe, on the XM show, and it seemed just pretty crazy. Nolan Ryan, I had to look it up, once had a season where he had 367 strikeouts and 202 walks. Yeah, That's think about crazy. that. He had 300-something innings, 300, like 70 innings or whatever. But they weren't just ordinary innings. When you walk that many guys <laughs> – you know, you're going 3-2 on a lot of guys. You're striking out so many guys. You're getting six, seven pitches and a count. I mean, and that dude was throwing. They're like, no, well, they didn't throw that hard back then. No, he threw 100. Right. And, you know, he got that in the AL, too. They said if he was in the NL, he would have struck out 450. And it's just nobody even close. Nobody's going to ever break that 5,700 strikeout record. Nobody's going to ever touch, like, his amount of usage ever again. It's crazy. Like, Nolan Ryan, and you think, oh, well, Otani, oh, God forbid he DH in a game before he pitches. That's where we're at now. And he's still hurt. Right, right. He's still hurt. Yeah, no, that's crazy. I heard that. I had to look it up. That, that, that was wild. That was a, a good find by you. Um, the, other, the other baseball one, just uh, I want to talk about Manny Machado and the talk. You could talk even about Kawhi. Just this whole trading within a division. I think I mentioned this before to you briefly, but the more I thought about it, if your goal is to trade for the future, wouldn't it almost make more sense to trade within your own division, hurting the very team in which you're going to be closest to right. in the future and when it benefits you right. the most? It, well, it's, it's more of a perception thing, right? So it's sort of like, in reality, you're taking away prospects from the team that you're... All they're thinking about is, oh, you can't trade Machado in the AL East, but whatever prospects you get are also going to be playing against those AL East teams. But they're only looking at the formed guy. Why? Because the fans don't know about the prospects, or they might know of them vaguely, but they don't. it's not like they've attached themselves to the prospects. But the formed guy, like Machado, has a lot of fans in Baltimore, and if he's crushing the Orioles in the next few years, the fans are going to be like, you idiots, look what you did. And we're talking about... You know, should the Nationals trade Bryce Harper? They're a game out of first place, and Harper is gone after this year probably. And they have Victor Robles getting healthy, who's a top five prospect. So you could have Robles, Soto, and you've got Eden and Michael Taylor, who's a gold glove level defender. You've got four outfielders, and Matt Adams can play the outfield in a pinch too. And you have Zimmerman and Mark Reynolds. So you have, you don't, like Harper's not even having that good a year, and you don't really need him. Like you've got your future there, and the future's cheap, and Harper's super expensive pretty soon. So let's say you traded Bryce Harper, say, to the Astros for like Forrest Whitley or someone really good, like a top pitching prospect. That seems like a good idea. But the reason that'll never happen is because even if that's a good idea for the Nationals, if the Nationals don't make it to the playoffs and they trade Harper and Harper's smashing home runs en route to a World Series win for the Astros, it's just a bad look. You know, the fans are going to be like, what? We could have won the World Series if we just kept him. Even if it's just a perception thing. It's like if you trade Machado to the Yankees and Machado kills the Orioles for 10 more years, 
it's not that the Yankees prospects they got back couldn't kill the Yankees for a few years. It's just that, you know, in terms of like who the fans are loyal to, they're going to see the guy that they have an attachment to killing them. Right. No, I totally get that. It's just funny, though, that the very prospects, you know, the very time in which those prospects will start benefiting that team is the time in which it'll hurt that other team the most when it'll matter. You don't care if they're good now, you know, so it's just. Right. Well, I mean, it's just perception, though, because think of it this way. Like if Bryce Harper smashes home runs for the Astros, you know, if they made that deal, I'm just making that deal up. But it just seems like one that would be the Astros seem to need an outfielder. I mean, they could trade Kyle Tucker and the throw in or right. Forrest Whitley or something. It doesn't mean that the Nationals would have made the World Series or he would have hit as well or, or anything. It just, it's just the look. That's all it is. It's just perception. I agree with you. In reality, make the deal. Who cares? Who cares if it's in the division? What are your thoughts on Bryce Harper? Why is he hitting 200? I don't know. My friends and family team has got like an eight in average. And that's despite rostering Carlos Gomez and Chris Davis for half a year. Okay, I finally had to drop. And Harper, instead of hitting 310, hitting 210. So... That team should be number one in average, and it's like middle of the pack. It's a miracle that it's middle of the pack, actually. I don't know. I don't know what his problem is. It's crazy. I, I think he's I, one of those dudes who has a lot of problems. Like, he's not quite Byron Buxton, but like... Yeah, yeah I don't want to hear... Like, if, if Mike Trout is on one end of the spectrum, and Byron Buxton's on the other end of the spectrum, Harper is somewhere in the middle. He's just, there's just, he's just not always himself. He's just not always right. There's something up with him. He either crashes into a wall, or he's pissed about something, or who knows, man. I just don't know if he's mentally trout's one end of the spectrum and guys who can't get out of their own way are the other end and, and harper somewhere in the middle no it's an admirable him playing through injuries that maybe other players would be on the dl through but it's something that we have to expect it's also something hurt. we just have to expect to happen every year you know just know expect harper's hurt. you think right. harper's hurt is there evidence that he's hurt absolutely not and it very well might not be at all for sure uh, right but i'm just saying if i hear that ex- that's the excuse I'm just going to expect 75% Harper moving forward is what I'm saying. If they come out with after the fact, is that's reasoning or whatever, then I'm just going to not treat him any differently moving forward is what I'm saying. You're right. There isn't any evidence. I'm just saying maybe that's just his going to be his post facto excuse. Crazy. Who would rather have Harper or Soto moving forward, even at the same cost as a franchise? Same cost? Yeah. Probably Harper for the next, because he's still only 25, right. but it's close. I think it's a tough question. Obviously, Crazy. the cost is not the same, so you'd definitely rather have Soto. It's not even close. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. For sure. And Victor, what about Victor Robles or Harper? including well, cost I, including cost uh-oh. well yeah then i just don't have enough evidence i don't i don't know yeah, I mean, he's a top five prospect robles well cost with harper there's a question if that's even like a positive right i mean no it, i'm we'll saying see, harper's I'll, gonna get a, a contract where he's gonna get mega millions in his next at the end of this year whereas right. robles is gonna be in arbitration for you know he's gonna that, like the next right. few years i think i take that's why i would trade harper because you have if robles gets healthy he's a way better defender he's a great center fielder and you have Soto, Robles, and Adam Eaton or Michael Taylor for the fourth outfielder. And Matt Adams is your fifth emergency outfielder. Right. I'm saying Harper's future cost, I'm not sure, is a net positive period, let alone versus a, a oh, just, good prospect. Oh, right. Even no matter control, what he does, he's going to be 50 mil a year. So yeah, 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 yeah. Some teams can afford it, and it's fine. I see the upside still. But I'm saying he well, might be, you know. Tax, oh. so what baseball did, which is really kind of, I don't know why, how they get away with this, but they have this luxury tax that's really steep. But basically, they just use it as a, as a kind of a soft salary cap where teams are like, oh, no, 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 we can't, we can't risk the luxury tax or the double luxury tax. It's too much. Well, yeah, you can. Just pay it. Pay the money and shut up. I'm a fan of a team. I want a winning product. Fuck you and your luxury tax. The Go Giants just traded Austin Jackson that seemed kind of bizarre. They're trying for the playoffs, and it was just like, I mean, I guess they had Steven Duger or whatever his name is ready, but not like he's some great prospect. But it turns out it was actually for that for that reason, the luxury tax. Right. It, and, it and so it's them. like, oh, so now there's a salary cap? Like, I, I don't know why fans buy that. Like, oh, yeah, of course, you need to save that money. Yeah. No, just sell the team to someone who can afford to spend it. 
either have a cap or don't, but don't have a fake ass bullshit cap that you can use to hide behind. Yeah, no, it is. It's definitely weird for sure. Um, you have anything else to say? Uh, football, Vegas, baseball. You want to get to the uh, crazy so I, stuff? So I got I got beat Chris Liss coming up, and uh, it's I it's Friday, oh, um, and I drew the eighth pick, and I'm expecting sadly that these are these are the players that'll be gone. Um, I think it's going to go Gurley, Bell, or Bell Gurley, then Antonio Brown, Zeke, David Johnson, Kamara, and Barkley. First seven. Who do you take at eight? Uh, I take Hunt. Yeah, that's who I'm probably going to end up taking. I, I took Beckham in the FSTA over him, but I think I'm going to switch back to Hunt on this time. Yeah, I go, I go Hunt. Yeah. Okay. I, I was actually making the case on the radio that Gurley and Hunt is not that different. Like, they're both oh. you know, really good running backs. That catch you know, passes in presumably good offenses, and they're both young. They're both healthy. Gurley versus Hunt, like, I take Gurley, but it's like 55-45. It's not like 70-30 that Gurley outproduces Hunt. He was so good, and he wasn't like a crazy workout metric guy, too. I actually heard that not, segment. Not a, of, not a great 40 time, only 5-10, two, two of, like I know that some sort of stat, some sort of college community was really high on him. I, I know there was some, some sort of thing. Maybe, I, I think sure. maybe he was like really good stats in college, and he looked really good. He was broke a lot of tackles, even though he's small. I caught that segment on XM though, and you brought up something really interesting. Like, what would you compare to rushing attempts versus Gurley or something crazy? Oh yeah, so it really surprised me. So yeah, right, because Tom Kesnick was on there. Like, yeah, they they went away from Hunt, and they did in the middle of the year when they went on their losing streak, and they started winning again when they went back to him, which I think bodes well for him. But it's like Gurley's just more of a workhorse. I'm like, Gurley had 279 carries and Hunt had 272. And Tom's like, but, you know, but Hunt played an extra game. He played 16 games, but he got one carry in week 17, five snaps. So basically, they both played, you know, it was an eight-snap difference through 15 weeks. Eight, sorry, eight-carry difference through 15 weeks. Yeah, and they're starting a, a roster of raw quarterbacks who can, by the way, really needs to be defended against the run. It's like she could be the best of both worlds there. You know, rely on the running back, but then help your yards per carry with the dual threat. I'm, and I'm, Tyree Kill and Sammy Watkins to stretch the defense. Oh, it's not like – I think the guy you don't want to have as a running back is Jarvis Landry. You don't want to have short right. pass-catching specialists. Or, Larry Fitzgerald. Like, now, although they didn't hurt David Johnson, that's just because they have nothing else. You don't want short pass catching receivers because they're going to compete with the running back for some of those easy throws. But if you have deep threat receivers that keep the safeties out of the box, I mean, that seems like the best of both worlds. They don't have a possession receiver. Sure. I mean, Kelsey, Kelsey is kind of one, but Kelsey, although he lines up in the slot, he, he gets like 13 well, yards. Of, I mean, stretched. Kelsey goes downfield. Yeah. Yeah. No, I like, I would go hunt. When's that draft? Friday night. Nice. Nice. Yeah. That's your leaning though. I'm leaning Hunt, yeah. No I mean, I might get lucky Barkley in Barkley will fall, which I really want. In but your own draft, no, not a chance. Yeah, not no a way. Chance. Someone's going to just try to dick me just to do it. Yeah. Oh, what else you got? Uh, actually, I uh, wrote that down, and you mentioned it. So, uh, so you have a book to recommend? Yeah, this book, it's called The Courage to Be Disliked. And I ordered it. I, there's, I sometimes different Twitter people recommend stuff, guys who I like some of their stuff. And there was a bunch of books being recommended, and that was one of them. And I honestly just bought it from the title. I mean, I, I read, an, read a review for like two seconds on Amazon, but I just love that title, The Courage to Be Disliked. And um, I read it really quickly. I'm giving it to Heather because I think she could even benefit from it more than me. But it's really uh, – it's good shit. It's based on the philosophy of Alfred Adler, who was this, one of the, sort of the giants of 20th century psychology. That You know, Freud, obviously, and Carl Jung. But – Adler was sort of the third guy of the triumvirate, but he's less known. He's not as famous. But his ideas, sort of, some people are saying, you know, they were 100 years ahead of his time. And it's just really interesting. It's a different way of looking at why things are the way they are. 
So, for example, he doesn't believe in trauma. So if something bad happened to you, most people think, oh, well, you know, I was traumatized by this horrible event in my childhood, and now I'm struggling because of that. He would say, you're choosing to think about that trauma because you're trying to avoid something presently. So say, like, you're, you know, you got beaten up outside your house, and you're sort of a shut-in. You, you don't like going out on the street. You're terrified. This is kind of an oversimplified example. And you'd say, well, yeah, well, of course, you know, it's because of what happened to me. But he would say, well, you... You're, you're using that memory to avoid some challenge in life that you don't want to take on. You're using that. Once, once you decide that you do want to take on that challenge, you, that you will not be employing that memory as a constant thing to prevent you from going outside. Anyway, it's a bit controversial, but when you read it, he makes a very good case for it. And uh, I, I just find it very... Uh... Support for this podcast comes from U.S. Bank. If you're looking for a credit card that fits your lifestyle, look no further. U.S. Bank has credit cards that make every day rewarding, no matter what you're into. Feeling hungry? Check out the U.S. Bank Altitude Go Visa Signature Card. Earn four times points on takeout, food delivery, and dining. And get two times points at gas stations, grocery stores, and on streaming. That'll keep your wallet and your mouth full. Big spender? The U.S. Bank Visa Platinum Card has a low intro APR for large purchases or balance transfers. And you call the shots with the U.S. Bank Cash Plus Visa Signature Card. Choose two categories each quarter. Earn 5% back on your first $2,000 of eligible purchases from those categories. So don't just get a credit card, get the right card to make every day more rewarding. Cash back, merchandise, travel rewards, and low intro APRs are waiting. Learn more at usbank.com slash credit card. The creditor and issuer of these cards is U.S. Bank National Association, pursuant to a license from Visa USA, Inc., and the cards are available to United States residents only. Some restrictions may apply. Member FDIC. Very persuasive. The older I get, the more I realize everything is just about perspective. And you can kind of just, your frame of reference can really mold and change things. Um, That's a good trait to have, by the way, the courage to be disliked in the business that uh, you specifically are in, being on the radio, shooting off a couple opinions that may or may not elicit uh, some... He goes goes into the whole thing about like if you're, you know, people want to please other people. And he just says you have to separate the task. Like my task is to tell the truth and make, you know, talk about something I find interesting and like, like the Stopa, right? Like Stopa, you know, uh, you know, my task is to tell the truth. I mean, it's not my task to give Stopa a hard time or hurt his feelings or something like that, but it is my task to not fake it to like, if I think that that's a stupid name and he's asking us to talk about it because he wants promotion for it, which is fine. He's paying for the league. It's a legitimate offer. You know, I'm going to say, okay, you're asking me, you're sort of asking, not my opinion, but you're asking me to do this and I'm going to tell you the truth about this. Yes, you are. And he may not like that, or he may like be like, oh, thanks. Maybe I'll we'll think this through, or maybe we'll be like, I'm kind of stuck with it. <laughs> so please, if you can, you know, next year, you know, hopefully maybe he'll just root for me to get relegated from the league. I don't know. But yeah. whatever. You know, it's not – basically it's just separating. Like my task oh. is to just say what I really think, not about everything. I'm not going to like – if someone gains a bunch of weight, I'm not going to be like, wow, you look really fat. I might just not say anything. But if it's my job to say something, I'm going to say it, you know, or if it's my role in some way. And if it's not my role or, or if someone else is mad at you or they don't like the way you're behaving or what you're about or what you believe, that's kind of their problem. That's their task is to worry about what they think. It's not your task to worry about what other people think. And it, again, I'm just sort of very uh, roughly and not very persuasively summarizing it. I would just say the book is pretty good. It's made in the form of a so- Socratic dialogue. It's a little campy at times, just sort of like this format's a little cheesy, but, but I think in the end it works. And and I already kind of believed a lot of this stuff. It was just nice to have it put out there in like a codified form. So again, I would highly recommend it. Cool. Um, you reminded me one thing we should point out that's an interesting wrinkle this year in the Stope auction is the last place is relegated. So that, that's kind of cool to throw some, uh, 
some threats out there. I kind of like that. So someone's out, whoever gets the last place this year. Um, one thing I wrote hey, let me, down- Let me just take one quick break because we do have an advertisement and I'm supposed to just, here's an ad from the sponsor. We can take a little pause. We have to put the ad in. So here's a message from one of our sponsors. All right. I hope you enjoyed that. I have no idea what it is. All right. Sorry. Go ahead. What were you saying? Yeah, I, I saw someone on Twitter uh, asking you to bring up a hummingbird story uh, on the pod. Oh, no, I actually don't yeah, know what yeah, this yeah. is. Yeah, it was Alan Sislowski. So basically, I started. There's, I was, I'm doing the show outside for you know at uh, Heather's mom's house. There's a little patio, and it's kind of nice. I got this hundred foot uh, Ethernet cord, and I just put the codec outside on the patio, and I'm sitting there, and there's flowers and trees around me. And I, I got kind of startled because I thought this giant dragonfly was coming over to me, but it was actually a hummingbird. It was just hovering like pretty close to, pretty close to me, a few feet away. And I was kind of startled by it, and then it just reminded me of a story, and then I realized I couldn't tell the story on XM. But basically, I was 19 years old, and I was in an extremely altered state of consciousness, as was my friend who decided to experiment with the same situation. And we were uh, at a friend's house in the Hamptons, this beautiful house, and his parents were in the city for the week. So it was like during the week, and so no one was going to bother us. We were, we were pretty much out of our minds. And, and I remember, to give the example of how out of our minds we were, we're sitting at this table outside under the, in this nice patio, and all of a sudden he starts screaming. So, of course, because I'm out of my mind, I assume he must be screaming because there's a mosquito the size of a basketball right behind me. So I start screaming. So he and I are both screaming. Finally, I turn around, and there's nothing behind me. And I'm like, dude, why did you start screaming? And he goes... Uh, I looked down, I saw your feet, I saw my feet, I thought you had four feet. That was the story. I, I don't know, if you've not really been in that state of mind, you might not find it that funny. But he literally thought I was, had four feet, started screaming, and then of course I assumed something was very dangerous was behind me, and I started screaming, and nothing was going on at any point. Nice, um, nice. So it just reminded me of that. I don't All know. right, okay, and you decided against telling the story on XM. I decided, yeah, because gotcha. I think you can infer. I won't admit it, I'll deny it. All right. Okay. What the All source right. of the altered state of consciousness was, but it was very altered. I could, I could guess. Couple, yeah. couple guesses. Yeah. Um, all right. I got a couple, just a couple things to at you, throw at you before we go. Uh, I just can't believe these rumors. Carmelo Anthony literally might be going to the Rockets. Daryl Morey's a smart guy. Listen to him on podcasts, and it's just wild that they actively hurt their chances of winning like that. I just can't believe it. It's so, it's underrated, and that's not talked about enough that it team very close to beating the Warriors in this in the in the NBA is going to on purpose sign Carmelo Anthony. I won't believe it till I see it. Well it, it depends really about happens. the style. It depends about the style of play, right? Like some guys are horrible fits in some systems and yeah. they might be able to fit into another. What if they're they take a really fast shot. They just need offense, offense, offense. They're just gonna outrun, outscore the Warriors. You're gonna need that. At this stage of his career he's a ball stopper, he already was horrible fit with Dan Tony. If they do that, I'll be shocked and, and they'll just Well they might not do it. I mean, but, you know, but it's not like he's not aware of the things you're aware of. Uh, that's what I'm that's why it's so crazy to me. That that's why it's so crazy. But anyway, all right, so the other thing I want to say, do you see the Sasha Bar- Baron Cohen uh coming out the new show on Showtime and, and Sarah Palin uh I guess was duped and she wrote a big long column on Facebook and uh you know, Dick Cheney. There's footage of him signing a waterboard kit. Have you seen this? Uh, no, I haven't, but I like it. Yeah, I like you know, that, dude. that dude is – talk about the curves to be disliked. That yeah. dude takes it to the next level. Okay, well, Google after you get on this. He has footage of Dick Cheney signing a waterboard kit and being laughing, being like, this is the first time anyone asked me to do this. And right. Sarah Palin, news has come out what happened, so she addressed it and like, yep, I fell for it. And, oh, 
this is going to be fantastic. Dolly G show is a top three comp. It's Seinfeld, Curb, and Dolly G show for me. So I love this guy, and obviously bore out in the movie. So uh, I'm pumped for that. Bruno, I don't know if you saw Bruno. Uh, Bruno, cool. yeah, yeah, I, yeah. I caught it a couple of times. Yeah, Bruno was funnier though when when they were fighting when he was wrestling that uh, fat dude oh, naked. Yeah, at, no, the, I, at, like the corporate conference. Yeah, I took that my was, parents. Like, really, to, honestly, one of the greatest things of all. I time. took my parents to see that with my wife, and I'd already <laughs> seen it and knew what it was. Was so that's how, how much of a sick head I have. Yeah. And my dad was loving it. It was so funny. But um, so yeah, Bruno and, and Borat for sure. So I don't have much other politics for you. Um, I guess like uh, well, I got I got two things. I got two things. The trip to North Korea, Korea went as badly as it could was the main thing I wrote down, okay. and, and that's it. So we'll, we'll, we'll get back to that in a sec, but I got two things. One thing is, do you see the trivia that I am posting on the blog? Oh, I didn't mean to bring that up. Yeah, those are tough, man. I, I was embarrassed how bad I was at some. But do you, do you like that as a draft prep, prep tool? So basically, one of the things we're doing, and by the way, if you guys want to sign up for Rotowire, you can do that, rotowire.com slash pod, free 10-day trial, don't need a credit card. Highly recommend it. But if you want to just get the free blog, I'm, I was thinking that like I'm hooked on trivia. Like I did these sporkle quizzes on geography. I can name 197 countries, all of them in the world. I, I like did all this stuff because I just like trivia. When we and would hope- drive back from, from those labor trips, I would get we'd get the brand new Steve Moyer um, would, would, would give us the Bill James handbook, and I would sit there and you would ask me to do trivia on the six hour trip. You would like trivia. I, I will attest I, to this. I like trivia, and a lot of people do, especially fantasy nerds who accumulate knowledge and want to show off. And um, so I'm hooked on this stuff. And I was like, oh, we should build a trivia app or something to get people to do draft prep. And then I talked to the tech guys and they were like, eh, it's a lot of work. We got all this other stuff. And then one of the guys, Harry, was like, you know, you can, Sporkle, you can kind of import your own quizzes and embed them. And I'm like, oh, really? So I can just do it myself. I don't need to, we don't need to build this thing. But I'm just trying to get it going. I, I would love, I would take these quizzes all day. It's stuff like who are the only quarterbacks with more than 250 yards rushing last year? You know, who are the only receivers with four, four, sub 4-4 four, four speed who are projected for at least 80 targets or 70 targets on Rotowire? Just little quizzes to kind of do research. Like who's the biggest receivers? Who are the fastest receivers? Who are the guys, who are the running quarterbacks? Just to make sure you know sort of the player pool and what they did. I, I just find them, I find it like a fun way to, prep for your draft so you can check out our blog you just go to rotowire.com slash pod you get a free trial you don't even need the trial because the blog's free you can just go to rotowire.com and click on blog and you'll see the uh trivia draft prep yeah i played i played around with it i recommend it. it was fun it did help and even if you don't like you can just click you know cheat and it shows you the answers and even that right in itself was, was preparation i mean it helped to learn that stuff and, and i'm just going to put up at least one a day new it's just nice. one, you know i'll spend 20 minutes like filling it out the only thing that's a pain in the ass is like actually typing in all the answers you gotta like type, right. them, type them in manually look them up but it's not a big deal it probably takes me 15 minutes so every day i'm gonna add another one so it's gonna be quite a lot of quizzes you know by the time we get into like august yeah for sure so what's up what the else thing i wanted to say and i was gonna go on a twitter storm about this and i might in this talk about the courage to be disliked. Now, you and I last week were talking about how we both feel more positive about life, we're more optimistic. And I have to say that it's really coincided with Trump's presidency. And, and I'll tell you why. What happened was when Trump got elected, people were so distraught. They were like, it's Hitler. We're descending into fascism. We're, we're descending into white supremacy. That's what's going to take over the nation. And when that didn't happen, they're like, well, it's, it, maybe it's not Hitler, but he's controlled by Putin. It's a Russian bot. He's, we're, we're handing the keys over to Russia. Then it was like, we're going to have a nuclear war with North Korea. You watch. He's tweeting at the guy. It's really dangerous. And you just see over and over again, everybody's so terrified and unhinged. And for me, it was like a mirror, right? Like I used to walk around thinking, yeah, society's going to collapse any day now. Like we're really, things aren't good. The world's a fucked up place. 
And I, I kind of felt like that. I felt like any day, like the market's going to collapse. Police state. Didn't you tell me it was going to, yeah. We're you... like a police state. We have these armed police. All this stuff. I mean, there's really bad stuff going on, of course. But all these fears that I had, I kind of looked in the mirror when I saw the other people who had fears that I did not have, that I felt were very irrational. I thought, well, whoa, what, what if they're right? But then as I realized quite early on that they were not right, that this was just a hysteria partly driven by propaganda. You said, what are you doing then? I, I was like, what? Am I so afraid? Why am I so paranoid about everything? These people are so paranoid. Like they take every single thing and they think it's a massive conspiracy. But I, I think I had a lot of beliefs that were also irrational, not those specific ones, but other ones. And it really helped me to just let go of that because I look at the other people and I'm like, you guys need to let this go. And you know, I think a lot of it's driven by media fear mongering because um, they lost an election they shouldn't have lost. And there's excuse making by the media and by the parties that control the media and by the corporations that funded and, you know, the candidate that lost and all this sort of like trying to cover that whole failure up. It was a huge failure. I mean, Democrats obviously should have won and they just failed. And so there's this big propaganda campaign. And as a result, like people are terrified. You know, people are truly paranoid now. And it's helped free me from my paranoia in some ways and just made me more optimistic. It's not, it's like what I said last week. It's not that I think Trump is looking out for me. I don't. It's just that I don't really care as much. I just don't think they're really in charge. Like I'm in charge of my life. Like, right. I, so it might have happened because of that. But I mean, would, that, would you have come to that conclusion uh, otherwise? I don't or? think so. Or I might have just because maybe it was just time in my life to right. sort of change my attitude. But you know, and there may have been some other mechanism for sure, but this one was an easy one. It was like, look at these people. They're so fucking crazy. Sort of my craziness just kind of, you know, was like, all right, I don't need to be like that. I don't need to be like them. Yeah. And then, and then basically all the other stuff was like, well, why am I holding on to this then? And so now yeah. I just feel like I've been lifted like this burden, constant dread of, you know, what the future holds for the globe basically. Yeah. That's interesting. My brother-in-law recently told my wife afterwards, like, Dalton's changed. He's got a lot more truthful. And I don't know if it had to do with, you know, losing my dad or stop drinking or something. But I kind of feel like I have one of those, like, office space things. You know, that guy got, like, hypnotized. Don't quite care as much about what people think of you. I kind of have that going on just a little bit. But it's tough because my whole, the rest of my life previously, I have cared about that a lot, you know. And, you know, we talked about the That's surprising you know, given how you behave. Yeah, thank you very much. You know, you write in the internet, you know, a couple, you're gonna get some some bad comments here and there. But but lately, it's just been more more so that I don't know if it's age or in, in what you're saying, somebody specifically had the the shift for you, um, but or a combination of things. That's usually the answer. It's just a combination of things. But but I'm with you, and I've kind of changed myself uh, specifically in the past year to, to six months. Um, and I'm trying the positivity and not quite in the political aspect you're speaking of, but um, just maybe in general. Yeah, it's, it's weird though because. It's not like I'm positive about any one thing. Like, I don't know if North Korea is going to work out. I don't know if what's going to happen specifically. I'm not like, oh, it's going to all go great. But I just think in general, I think it's going to be okay, which is not how I felt, you know, regardless of a specific issue. And uh, what are you taking that to other aspects too? Are you saying just uh, really politically? No, everything, everything. Like I'm buying this house. I'm trying to buy this land in Portugal. And it's kind of crazy. We're stretching like beyond what I would think is safe but i just feel like yeah we're gonna figure this out like i want to get this i want to do this i can do this you know things you would have never done three years ago i mean i might have but i would have been way more negative and way more thinking about all the downsides you know i i I know there's a downside and i know there you know we could get stuck having bought this and not really able to get enough of a loan and scrambling a bit but i just feel like eh, something i want i've worked it out like close enough mathematically and i trust that i'm going to get 
what I need to get. I, I'm going to get it done. And, and I might be wrong about that, but I'm not like worried that it's going to be some horrible catastrophe. And it might, I mean, it might be a mistake. I'm not saying I don't, I'm not going to make a mistake. I'm just saying I'm not living based on the downside. I'm living based on the upside. Nice. Yeah, that's interesting. I'm going through the beginnings of the first purchase of any house myself, too. So I'm going through something similar there. Do your due diligence, you know, but yeah, but just oh, yeah. It's it's good to be optimistic, man. I know it's going to make this podcast a lot worse. Yeah, a lot worse. It's It's going to turn into a nutless monkey. Believe me, a lot of negativity is coming. Did you see my against the spread uh, record last year? Uh, it was a catastrophe. So a lot's coming. Oh, I might sign up for the super contest while I'm there. We've got to talk about that. But, okay, uh, well, we'll be, I'll see you in person in a few for days. For sure. Yeah, right. absolutely, man. All right, I think that's all I got for you. All right, that's good enough for me. All right, dude. All right, later, Liz. Right, take it easy. By the way, if you like this podcast, you can five-star it. You can comment on uh, iTunes. And again, you can also sign up for Rotowire, rotowire.com slash pod. It's a free 10-day trial. If you're into fantasy sports, just try take the trial. See, see if you like it. All right, man. I'll talk to you next week.